Hey, you're listening to Good Vexations, a podcast about the little grievances we'd rather air than solve. I'm Pat Brennan. I'm joined by my best bud, James Lynch. And today's Good Vexation is not enough sci-fi in theater. This is about on par for my fucking day. Um, yeah. <clears throat> man, today has been a fucking disaster. I Tell have me been, about it, Pat. I have been trying to record um, video. We, we, we submit our board game to all kinds of nonsense, right? So, like, we've got the new one about trains and, like... You have to submit to design contests and events and things like that. And part of that is just like submitting videos. And it's it's very frustrating because like every single one of these things has a slightly different ask, right? So like uh, Yeah, of course. So like one of them is like we need a five to ten minute video, and the other one's we need a two minute video. And we need this, <laughs> and, we need and so like the result is that because they all have slightly different requirements, and I suppose it's good because you should probably be tailoring each of your submittals to like each one. Anyway, the result is that I have to record like five different videos in a single day. Um, <laughs> all slightly different variations of honestly the same thing. Um, and in the process, I have had just one heck of a day. Uh, my camera has crashed twice. One of my recordings, the audio was totally out of sync with the video. I uploaded it to my computer, which took forever. And then like adobe crashed on me twice like i lost all like i did like a total rough edit like just like because i what i normally do is i do like a full cut where i just like chop out the big important stuff and then i'll go through and i'll fine tune it and i lost an entire like rough edit i was like i'm losing oh. my mind oh, no. um so the fact that this audio recording now has a warning message it's just <laughs> um yeah, yeah checks it, out. it makes sense it makes sense <laughs> um so we couple that with the fact that, like, last week I was just dumb and had my headphone plugged. Or not last week. It's been a million years since we recorded, it feels like. I think it's yeah, been man. two weeks, but, like. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah. It's been it's been a long time. It's largely because, like, I'm, oh, I'm having one of those times. I haven't just, I'm, I've been having one of those times, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and couple that with what uh, finals and uh, finals and conference? A conference and and I'm leaving to go. I'm leaving town for a little while, so I'm like trying to get right. You're going to you're things. going to Maine. I'm going to Maine. Yeah, I, I would I would feel bad about compromising your security, but like you're going totally off the grid. And no one listens to us anyway, so it's fine. Yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> Um, uh, I'm officially going to give us the worst podcasters award because we're late again, but also you get what yeah. you pay for and you people don't pay for this. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Totally free. It's totally free. It's totally you don't free. Even, there's no way that you can even get money. No advertisements, nothing, nothing like all you have to do is put up with the fact that we have a very inconsistent schedule. Yeah. And sometimes Pat has his, uh, VR headset plugged in yeah. when he's recording. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh do, wanna, uh, do i hear do one of my hear? Uh, do you want to hear my existential dread weird story i would love to so um 
we're in review period for NYU where like once a year they bring us in and they like check in about like goals and what we do and yada, 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 you know, typical stuff. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And and part of that this year was like I got the notification that I still haven't responded to and I really, really should. But uh, they're like, hey, you've been here for five years. Congratulations. We'll get you some lunch. Right. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, like that is that is so long. Um and like I had always said, I've always told myself that this would be like a five-year job for me. And so now I'm like, oh, it has yes. now been a five-year job. Oh no, it has now been a five-year job. Oh no, <laughs> um, and in the same position. And it's like, am I spinning my wheels? Am I whatever, whatever? Right? And like, and and part of this email that like I clicked on out of curiosity was they were like, if you've been here for more than fifteen years, the school will get you a gift. And I was mm. like, oh, I wonder what happens after fifteen years. I wonder if it's anything kind of nice. So like, I get to <laughs> this page and like. It's it's most of it is like the typical, you know, like nonsense, right? Like a watch, you know, like that. Like that is kind of what you. Would expect, right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But one of the things, James, caught my attention and it the absurdity of it fills me just with like hatred of the institution and, and, and just how how meaningless, how meaningless our long years of service seem to be treated. Um, so if. If I were to continue to working at work at NYU for a grand total of forty five years, James, I would be so like I, I started at NYU when I was twenty three. So yeah. I I would be what what is that math? Sixty eight. Yep. So if I stayed there until I was sixty eight years old, <laughs> one of the awards that I could pick is an inflatable canoe. Wow. And James. Wow. <laughs> Who, after 45 years of service, is picking the canoe? Because <sighs> I think that I was fairly young when I got started there. I don't think that you could be much younger than 23 when you start working at NYU. No, right? probably not. It's like, like, like a full-time you, if, benefits if you, person. Right, right. So like if, you're, if you were some kind of wonderkind and you went to high school and college like super early and like, let's yeah. say 20. Like I cannot imagine them hiring someone younger than the age of 20. Yeah, definitely not. And 20 is an incredible circumstance. Right. You would still be 65 years old when you got this inflatable raft. Yeah, uh-huh. Are you going to paddle your geriatric out to sea and die? What is the point of this? Yeah, I... Mm, see, if... if <laughs> Imagine if that, a 65-year-old attempted to inflate said raft. Oh, man. The, pro- I, the biggest problem I see is that... Uh, yeah, an inflatable canoe is really low quality, yes. and it's you know it's probably it's it's the lowest end of boat. You know, but, you know, not... it's a, it is a, it is a boat that would fit in my apartment. Uh, <laughs> at least there's that because you know at at the way things are going, you'll still be in the same apartment uh, at sixty five. So, so anyway, this was, this was like the comedy and cosmic horror that. <laughs> yeah on my mind all week and you can see why this triggered all kinds of fun thoughts for me oh definitely i got 45 years of service here's a bit of rubber Whew. that that feels considering that at that point in your life so social security will be gone new york yes. may be half underwater yes well i'll need the boat oh there we go they're planning ahead <laughs> And that I'll makes per- now you'll need the boat. Oh, I see. Now I get okay. it. No, now I, I, get I was it. wrong. I was wrong. The institution was truly wrong. has my best interest at heart. Okay, let's set existential dread aside. 
because I do I did come up with a topic while I was sitting here. Okay, I thought the I thought existential dread was going to be the topic. It could be. It could be. But like, I think we're trying to get if, out of this headspace, James. I thought we're trying to feel better. Well, I'm already feel a little better because at least, like, I have. Well, no, I might be getting something like a canoe someday. So maybe, maybe I don't. Maybe that I, I was trying to see, like, oh, at least, uh, at least I'll get something better than a canoe someday. But you know what? Probably not. I'm gonna be in academia too. So like. Yeah. yeah, you too will get your inflatable raft to die in. I will get my inflatable raft to die in, you know, and it, it'll be really good because it's it'll gonna be, be a bummer because we'll be on different oceans. That is a bummer, you know. <laughs> that is that is the bummer. Yeah, this is the weirdest start to an episode. Yeah, it's. I'm glad this is gonna be in. Man, Pat, I feel so weird these days that this is. This might as well be the podcast, you know. <laughs> Like, okay, welcome okay. to Good Vexations, a show that normally has a point, but like, if this is your first time, you've just listened to 15 minutes of this. Yeah, I think we should uh, just call this, yeah, maybe skip this one. I think this Maybe don't. Hi, yeah. I'm Pat, and this is James. We're the worst podcasters. Now, most people attempt to like be the world's best podcasters, but listen, that title was already taken, so we're going for worst. Yeah. I, I, you know, I think we can do worst. We've already mi- we missed. Well, so, so, so we we missed the opportunity for best, right? Because there's already been so many good podcasts. We can oh, never yeah. have best podcast. <sighs> <laughs> Hello. So good. Okay. All right. All right. So what I was about to say mm-hmm. was that setting aside all the terrible existential dread and the fact that nothing works at all, technologically wise today for me, uh is that I had I had a good vexation as opposed to all of these other things which I would call real vexations mm. which, are, which are really putting me just in a frustrating headspace but my good vexation James today oh like the name of the podcast I know I wow. know yeah yeah, wow. yeah yeah it's almost like we have a theme we have this thing that we do hello Pat and James worst yeah worst worst podcasters but hey <laughs> we're today, gonna own that title but that today t- t- today today we, today, uh, we got a good one. <laughs> We, today we have a good vexation for you. It's finally here. Okay, so my good vexation is this. And it's kind of a weird one. It's very field-specific, but it is a thing. We don't do enough sci-fi in theater. <laughs> huh. I know, right? So this yeah. one's also kind of a current event. So you, you may have seen this going around, but there is this news story that is, like, picked up and just, like, gone viral on the internet because a high school has staged a production of Alien for their high school oh. show. My God, James! It's, it's so good. It's perfect, actually. So here's the so here's the thing. It's campy as fuck, right? Because of course, it yeah, has because, it has like, to be. Because holy there's no shit, other the way that it the could... the chestburster scene. Holy yeah, shit, that is so I, I, good. I don't know. I haven't seen the chestburster scene, but like the face hugger scene is making the rounds. And, holy like, shit! Yeah, yeah. So like, I keep seeing it pop up and pop up and pop up, and I was like, yeah, whatever. They're doing this thing, but then I was like, it is so cool that like an administration let them do this and uh-huh. that like they were able to just like find all the PV like it's all like recycled bits and stuff so like they found all the pvc pipe they needed and whatever it's so good and like wow. the alien comes on stage and the set wiggles and i love it i love every second of it it's so much fun why why is everybody doing fucking hello dolly when we could be doing the chestburster scene from alien it makes me so mad oh and, my god yeah and, 
and okay, so like I have I have voiced this vexation in the past to like fellow coworkers and things, and never really thought much of it. We have talked about the fact that we like don't do enough sci-fi in theater, and the sci-fi that we do is often like absurdist and just like not very fun to do where it's just like people yodeling into the blackness of the theater for 20 minutes. And I'm like, I really just wish that it had like a coherent plot. Um, oh my God, Pat, the, the friggin' face hugger scene is the so good. Scene is so good. I can't. Yeah. I'll put these links in the thing. Oh my God, that. please do. Cause holy shit. That's good. It's, it's so good. Oh my God. Why? Oh, okay. So yeah. Like, I'm feeling this really general, hard. Just yeah. in general, there needs to be more horror and there needs to be more sci-fi in theater and we need to play with this fucking medium more because yeah. like, I'm not saying that there's none. People people do it, right? Like, I've done yeah. a superhero musical. Like, I've done, like, like this stuff exists, but there needs to be more of it. And I kind of get why it doesn't happen because, like, it needs to be camping, right? That's the thing. Yeah. At the end of the day, that if you're doing any horror or any sci-fi in theater, it's going to be pretty campy and it's going to require more suspension of disbelief from the audience than I think that they're used to putting up with. But can you imagine seeing a production of like alien or 2001, a space odyssey with a proper Broadway budget? That would like, be like, man, the opening scene from 2001, a space odyssey where he's like, not, not the opening, but like where he's like jogging through the space station and uh-huh. it's like rotating. Can you imagine doing that on a big ass wheel oh, in, in a Broadway theater? Holy crap, that would be cool. It would be so cool. It would be so good. Why don't they do it? Well, so immediately I started thinking about like the the really big special effectsy mm-hmm. kind of uh, Broadway shows, and I think of Spider Man. You know, uh, mm-hmm. turn off the dark or whatever that was called. Right, <laughs> the, the nightmare that it was, where like the everybody nightmare. got hurt. Yeah, so I, Ma'am, I, I I walked by that theater while they were striking that, and oh it was just like. <laughs> it had to be. It had to be like a hundred thousand. It had to be like I don't know how far. I don't know how much it was, but it had to literally be miles of AC cable. Wow! Like that is not an exaggeration. Just yeah. that rat's nest that they were like striking from that ceiling was horrifying. That's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you that was a, I mean, the problem with that one was flying. Okay, but like in Alien, nobody flies. You know, uh, there are so many good. Man, horror is another one though. I'm, so I'm thinking, if you could do like, if you were smart like, about which which special effects you, uh, which special effects you attempt to do, because mm-hmm. the, I mean the best horror uses practical effects, which yes. a lot of that stuff is what theater is really good at. You know, you know, you can't necessarily do the, like the scary close up stuff, but you can do some. There's good shit you can do there. You can absolutely do stuff like psychological horror and stuff mm-hmm. where it's it's really it's really just a person with mm-hmm. scary music and lighting lighting changes and fun stuff like that. So the ah. most common the most common like horror or close to horror, I, I think it's horror, uh, uh, is like Bram Stoker's Dracula, right? Like that gets done a bunch. Yeah, people always like mount a production of that around Halloween or I something mean, like that. But Sweeney Todd is a little bit. It's a little of a thriller. It's a little bit, but yeah, it's a musical, and there's a lot of weird, funny scenes. Oh, definitely. I mean, you can make a horror movie funny. You could, um, but yes. <laughs> yeah. So like. I don't know. I just want to see more of this in theater. Like I want to see with people play with this medium more. Um, yeah. 
it, it, it doesn't get messed with enough. There's definitely ways that you can do it on the cheap. And some of my favorite and some of the best sci-fi is campy or not, you know, like it's not great. <laughs> right. No. Uh, like segue this like i was talking to a friend about this the other day where it's like i love star wars right yeah star wars has to be really bad before i don't like it yeah (laughs) i can forgive just so much oh yeah it needs to be so bad like i will still put on and watch the prequels they're terrible yeah i'll watch them yeah sometimes you just need that that you gotta scratch that star wars itch I kind of get that serotonin bump. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You see, like you hear that, you hear that lightsaber noise and you're like, oh, maybe it's, it's space wizard. And people talk about it like so reverently. And the thing is like new, like a new hope is not a great film. Not really. No, I mean, it's, it's set in the stage. There's a lot of weird stuff that got left in there. There's that scene where the stormtrooper walks into a piece of the scenery. (laughs) Absolutely. The star Wars is, it's all it's all a little silly, but the problem is I think that people, I think people are afraid to be a little a little bit silly, right? Mm-hmm. Right, but yeah, I don't know. Like, what? It's, do you, it's, why? It's, why do you think on being so serious in theater? And that's part of it, right? Like, and, and part of it is this conception of what people will pay to go and see, right? Because like theater yeah. only, like it's 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 an entertainment medium. You need to get butts in the seat in order to sell tickets, right? Yeah, yeah. And so like it 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 they're almost just like throwing darts at a dartboard right now and trying to figure out what is going to stick in the modern age. It doesn't feel like we've settled into any kind of movement in theater, which I think is really interesting. Um, interesting. Like we've, we've got like most stuff just disappears. Then we've got like a couple of like remounts that are always happening. It's like West side story or hello Dolly comes back every four years and they try and like sell those tickets again to the same audience. Um, and then, like, you get, like, a couple of super mega hits that float through every now and then, right? Like, right. The, the big one is Hamilton, but, like, Lion King and, like, Next to Normal or whatever, mm-hmm. like, they'll come through every couple of years and, like, one of those will upset things and then they'll run for 20 years and it's fine. I mean, yeah. like, Hamilton Hamilton is the weird exception to this, I think, right? Like, the fact yeah, that, like, totally. tickets for that sell for thousands of dollars. I mean, like, right. all Broadway is over... over overpriced right now and producers take too much and yep yada 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 i could get into that but that's that feels too close to a real vexation for me no, a person in the industry yeah <laughs> yeah probably um but like why don't why don't why don't we have like the black mirror of theater you know why don't yeah. we have Ooh, our version yeah. of the twilight zone or something you could definitely tell short interesting sci-fi stories hell yeah in this space and I don't know if people aren't writing it or if producers aren't funding it or if somehow I'm just not seeing it, right? Like, it's not going to be something that exists on the national stage. It's not going to exist on, like, the Broadway level. It's surprising that there's none that are. Wouldn't it be... I, I do think it would be interesting even just to have... If, like, one group of people decided, hey, let's do this, have, like, ha- if you just start making these you know I, and again you can i would love to see what somebody working within the strictures of that of that medium mm-hmm. would 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 produce you know cuz but, but at the same time it's it it's it's like this genre has a history of this which i think is also kind of interesting to think back on right like mm. um 
the the stories that stick out of my head are like oh, okay so like slaughterhouse five right like kurt vonnegut right yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Slaughterhouse five, but kurt, but kurt vonnegut as a whole it's like his his wife was going from bookstore to bookstore to bookstore like begging people to put his novels or she would like go and she would like order those books at local stores just so that it would be somewhere on a shelf yeah. because like no one was carrying it. Right. Like alien think, speaking of alien, or I can't remember if it was alien or aliens. One of them um, lost to Shakespeare and love at the Oscars. Wow. Okay. They were both yeah. nominated for best picture and Shakespeare and love won. And it's like, Nobody yeah. goes back and watches Shakespeare in Love. Uh, no, that is <laughs> that really interesting. That movie's that movie's fine, but it's not it's not yeah. Alien. It's not Aliens. Whichever one it was, I don't care which one it was. Both of those movies. Both of them are very that good. People are gonna watch over and over again. And only one of them is Sigourney Weaver in a Mecca. You know, yeah. so like. <laughs> sure, sure as shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, and it's like so like this genre often gets left on the wayside. It's weird that it hasn't taken a stronghold in theater you know in the in the live right. performance space because it's done so well in other spaces and i think that well think about it like this pat so i think that there's often a stigma against genre fiction mm-hmm. in, in literary circles right so, and largely because people are uh boring and uh uh uh, boring and no fun and snooty uh which is not i mean i'm I'm being general but you know i might be right um i think that a lot of i mean a lot of these maybe, maybe not so much anymore but for much of like much of the development of this kind of genre fiction it was written off as not really literature and I wonder if you get some of the same impulse in theater because theater is almost even more specific than literature, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it may be even more protective of what drama or like what, yeah. like maybe protect protective of the medium in a way that makes them, I don't know, wary of going know, outside that box. It is and it isn't, right? Because I've also got to put up with experimental theater, which is often like oh, people sure. in <laughs> throwing blocks around the stage and just screaming for two hours. And it's like, that's, if that's we could do fun. this, why can't we do a fucking production of, you know, like, goddamn, I don't know, whatever. Like, like why can't I do Starship Troopers? Like, why have I got to put oh up Oh my god, this? yeah. <laughs> if you're going to be yelling and making a mess anyway, you might as well fight an intergalactic bug while you're at it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, look, they did all the they did all the puppetry and stuff in Lion King. Just yeah. make that a bug and then kill yeah. it. Yeah. See that yeah. would be great. <laughs> then Starship Troopers. It'd be so good. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's it, it's some, like <laughs> I've seen, you know, it, boy, that was not a start of a sentence. Um, to to think <laughs> on it for a second, there has been at least one notable franchise that has tried to make the crossover, and that's Harry Potter. Oh, interesting. Harry Harry oh. Potter has a big Broadway mu- uh, uh, play that's up right now. Is it just the? Is it though just the one that? Oh, you uh, don't know what it is. No, is it? Um, okay, buddy. Is buddy. It just, James, hold on, let hold me on, introduce hold on, hold on. you. Okay. Is it is it the one that um, whatever her, what's her fuck uh, what's her name J.K. Rowling wrote? Is it that one? Uh, she did write it. Have you have? Do you know anything is about it? it? The, the cursed child is that what it's it is called? the cursed child. Do you okay. know anything about it? 
I haven't read it. Heard okay. very okay. mixed okay. Stop, things stop, about stop. it. Stop. Okay, okay, welcome to the new. Welcome to our podcast. Uh, welcome to our new podcast segment. Uh, uh, James summarizes Broadway plays he doesn't know. James, uh-huh. if you had to guess what happened in this play, oh, what would you say was happening? I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little bit of context here, uh, or or some framework. It's uh-huh. it's two nights long, so oh, it's no, it's, it's two shows in length. That's that's too much. Okay, anyway, I need for you to tell me what you think happens oh. in the broadest sense. Give me the give me the play-by-play beats. Give me night one and night two. Give me, like, setting and characters. All right. So, uh, so Harry is now a wizard cop, uh, and he's sending his child with the dumbest name possible to mm-hmm. uh, good old, good old, good old Al- Albus Severus. Okay. Um, sending him to school and turns out that Albus Severus is the new chosen one okay. who now has to fight. Uh, this time uh, turns out the muggles are the bad guys. And so the muggles have decided to attack the wizarding world with nukes. And it's now a big old switcheroo like actually the muggles were the bad guys the whole time kind of the way that fucking Grindelwald the whole Grindelwald thing made it so that actually fascism is good and we should actually it's good to rule the muggles hmm. uh-huh. interesting okay yeah you got more right than I would have expected <laughs> cool and, I was basing and- it up because I did see the new the like the Fantastic Beast thing okay. and uh, was not ha- not not super excited about uh, how it's like, oh, if you say fascism is bad, it'll make everybody be fascists. Weird. So, I did I did not see that movie, but I've heard it's terrible. Um, uh, it's not, I'm not a fan. <laughs> it doesn't seem great. It doesn't um, seem great. <laughs> so, so, so here's the thing. The play does in fact take place with Harry as a wizard cop in the future. Oh, good. Oh, good. And yeah. And his kid with the worst name has gone off to school. But yep. as far as I, if, if I recall from the synopses that I've read, um, they they get out the good old uh, time turner because nothing fixes a story like time travel. And yep. <laughs> travel back in time and oops, make Voldemort the winner and then have to deal with that. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. So anyway, oh really? It seems like a big commitment because it's two nights long, and I'm sure it's super expensive and like whatever. I'm kind of over Harry Potter. It's it's frustrating that that's the thing that's made the crossover. But it's like I would like to see more stuff like that make the crossover. How can you justify two nights? I have no idea. I haven't seen it. How could you justify that? I, I assume that it has like a big set change, right? Like the only other, the only other piece i know that does multiple nights off the top of my head is the rain cycle and what does that do uh that's a big opera piece that's where ride of the valkyries comes from oh okay sure yeah and it's 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 a big opera and like there's like yeah, but this is mountains and literal valkyries and like the yeah <laughs> um, uh, uh, so anyway i i don't know i my point my point with all of this is 
I want to see people play in the space more. I want to see this stuff get involved. I want to see playwrights yeah. and whatever mount these productions. Do it on a shoestring budget. Do it with because here's the thing. Sci-fi is so often the place that people experiment with the genre and see how far you can stretch the rules, right? Um, the thing that's come to mind right now is I just watched um, is the new Netflix piece, Love, Death, and Robots. Have you seen this one? I binge-watched the whole thing last week, man. Oh, okay, great. I'm so excited that you binge-watched the whole thing. So the content of the piece, I have some conflicting thoughts on, right? Like, there is a oh, lot yeah. of violence it's... against women. There's It is notable that, like... I think that like the teams were like really, really male. Um, oh yeah. But, uh, did, did you see the thing that Netflix was messing around with, with, uh, uh, viewing order? No. So yeah. you randomly got a viewing order. There was not a set anthology order for that show. That's pretty cool. So the order, like for instance, the one the the way that I watched the show, uh, the first episode was the one about like the monster fight pit. I also got that. Okay, so you probably got the same order I did because I think that there were like four orders and they supposedly randomly picked it. But like for a while, people were trying to figure out like ba- was it based on like your information that they had? Was it based on like your like other your things that you had viewed? They try and start you with an episode that was like other television shows that you liked. Like yeah. I don't know. It's a really interesting idea. And I liked that they were like, regardless of everything else, I honestly enjoyed most of the episodes that I watched. I oh, love sci-fi anthology stuff. And I really liked the idea that they were playing with the genre. Hell yeah. I, there was a lot of, there was a lot of cool shit in there. And I mean, you, there's always the stuff where it's like, okay, this is definitely a, it's pretty male gazy. There's like a lot of gratuitous nudity, just for gratuitous nudity's sake. Uh, also gratuitous violence for gratuitous violence sake. Um, and many of the episodes didn't need it. Some of them were made better for it. Yeah, totally. Like they, it went a little ext- like the monster fighting thing. I didn't need all that. Like, I, I, it was weird that it started with that episode because I didn't really like that episode. I mean, I, there's a bunch of stuff I liked about it and, but I don't know. They went a little bit further than I wanted. How about the Dracula one though? Wasn't that one cool? That was so cool. That that was really good. Uh, Shit. The the ranchers. The ranchers was really good. That was so cool. Uh, The garbage. Yogurt was amazing. Yogurt was hilarious. That's incredible. So anyway, what I'm saying is that like, I want to see people play in that space, but in real thing. Can you imagine like an anthology, a sci-fi anthology series? Cause like the sci-fi anthology is not a new thing, right? Like no. that has existed in short stories and like since before Isaac Asimov, but like he's of course he's, the one that he's, I, he's the dude, right? That's where your brain is immediately going to go. But yep. can you imagine that as a theater piece? Being like, incredible. We've seen it as a Netflix piece or as like a television piece. We've seen it like, like, you know, twilight zone and whatever, like all these other things that we've talked about already. Hell, like a monster of the week idea, but in a theater yeah. setting. Would be so cool. What does that look like? What can you do? Like that's mm-hmm. awesome. I mean, I think of I think of like Star Trek. Star Trek, more or less, a lot of the stories they tell could be on two sets. Mm-hmm. You could have well, because they had to be. Yeah. Because they, they literally had to be. They ha- literally had to be. So hey, why not do Star Trek on stage? You can do it in a black like a you can do it in a black box with two sets. I have been working in this industry for almost 10 years. Why have I not ever gotten to build a captain's chair? Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) 
Like the only time I ever get anything close to this kind of stuff is when it is always it's always for like a comedy or something, right? Like somebody poking fun at the idea of sci-fi or something. Right. Like, like I want to earnestly build this stuff. Right. For theater. That like, I get so it. Cool. I could just go work in film, I guess, but like <laughs> I get do it. <laughs> hey man, but then you'd have to move to LA and then you'd have to live in LA and then you have to It's just, terrible. The West just, Coast is awful. You just have to know people in LA. I just say it would be very cool. It would be pretty cool. I mean, like yeah. this sci-fi stuff, like even exists in podcast settings. Like the more and more I'm thinking about this, it's like mm-hmm. the only place that I haven't really see it bleed into is theater, and I don't fully know why that is. Yeah, right. Like, like there are definitely like great sci-fi podcasts. Already. Have you listened to um, Wolf Three Fifty Nine? I haven't. I've heard really good things. It's real good. So, did I tell you how I got into that show? No. They came over to my house and played board games. Oh, God damn it, Pat. <laughs> it's really strange. So, like, a friend of a friend of the board game community knows that we were doing, like, a tabletop day. And so, yeah. like, I met um, Gabrielle Urbina and uh, Sarah Shackett, who write Wolf 359, because wow. they came over and they played Battlestar Galactica with me and my roommate, Ari. The board wow, game. yeah. <laughs> so my first introduction to these people was me thrashing them. Because I was a Tylon and I was the winner. So who's yeah. the real sci-fi master? Yeah, I mean that that game is ridiculous, but I like. <laughs> but but their but their show is amazing. The show is really good. Like yeah. I found out about it because then they told me about it. They like begrudgingly admitted that they they did a a, a a sci-fi podcast series, and I was like, well, I like podcasts, and then I listened to the whole thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's very good. You should listen right. to their work. I, I definitely will. I mean, have you ever? There are other ones like there's one called Sayer, which is a horror. Sa- I don't I don't know Sayer. Sayer's pretty cool. That's a it's an an evil AI kind of kind of deal. Um, that is right up my alley. Oh yeah. What I'm saying is that do this in theater. Let me do a fun yeah. sci-fi show. I don't know. That's my whole point. That's the whole crux of my argument. That- I mean, that sounds like a great idea. I would absolutely go see some sci-fi theater stuff. Man, like, find me a costume department that doesn't want to build a spacesuit. Oh my god, of course they do. <laughs> of course they do. I don't know, like, me, me and the props <laughs> guy over at NYU have been, like, complaining back and forth the last couple of months where we're like... Pat, Pat have you ever had to... Have you ever gotten to make a phaser? Like, what if... Gotten- I have only like, ever made a phaser for my own personal enjoyment, James. That is no one, wrong. You should be doing no that for your no, job. No one has ever paid me money to build a phaser. Oh. And I know how to do it. I have 3D printed and built my own phaser at least one time. You got to go over to like whoever writes these things and be like, yo, I built this. Build a whole show around this and it'll be great. I don't really have a point with this one. I don't have an overarching <laughs> place that we can tie it into. But, I don't know where to go with it. My point is this. Theater, get it together. Let me do some sci-fi. Yeah, that's it. That's all. This it, episode is this episode is so we're the worst podcasters. By the time everyone arrives. The burners are off and the dishes are done. 
Hey all, sorry for missing uh, last week's uh, episode upload date. Unfortunately, because both James and I are going to be out of town this coming weekend, we are also going to miss uh, posting an episode next week. So hopefully we'll be back the weekend after that. Uh, Speaking of being out of town, if you happen to be at PAX East next weekend, uh, I'll be doing a panel in the Condor Theater at 1.30, Casting Without Components, RPG Rules That Halt the Story. So come check that out. Thank you for listening to Good Vexations. Yeah, thanks. Home of the worst podcasters. We're the worst podcasters. Woo!